Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm just merely Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. In 10 minutes, you're going to hear what person, the worst organization, said this about Draymond Green's indefinite suspension. We work with the league, his representation, Draymond, just to kind of talk through and figure out, and we think it's the right solution right now. And you'll see exactly why they believe that is the right solution, the indefinite suspension that comes your way in about 10 minutes. Big game in the National Football League. We're calling this weekend Desperation Sunday in the NFL. The Cowboys have not needed to play like a desperate team, Chad Brown. Everything's been wonderful. They're scoring the ball. They're forcing turnovers. Mike McCarthy did not have to worry about staying in the hospital. He was there on Sunday when they beat the Philadelphia Eagles after having an emergency appendectomy. Completely Dak Prescott in that MVP conversation, the quarterback. Even Dak Prescott clearly understands. Yeah, so far it's been terrific since the San Francisco loss, but there's still a way to go. My job is to go out there and play against that defense, understanding that I've got to take advantage of my opportunities. Can't stall out knowing that they do have a playmaker, a great quarterback on the other side of the field. But it's, this is the furthest thing from, from me versus him in this sense, especially with the way that our defense is playing. Um, and really the way that their defense is playing. I mean, one of the best at getting the ball. They're a veteran defense. Obviously, they got some guys down, but they've, you know, played together a lot. Older back half, guys that can disguise really well. So I've got a challenge in that alone that, yeah, just got to take advantage of opportunities, score some points, knowing that uh, with Josh on the other side that they can score as well. It finally feels like it's his football team. I know Jerry Jones, Chad, is never going to shut up, especially when you have a radio show each and every Tuesday and microphones are always in front of you, man. That's catnip to Jerry Jones. But it finally feels that somebody else is on that line with him that's not a coach or that's not a star-crossed player like a Des Bryant. That's where Dak Prescott is, the way his play has been able. But people look at the Cowboys and say, man, yeah, we know Jerry Jones, but, man, that's their team. That's his team now when it comes to Dallas Cowboys. To me, that's been the biggest difference why even though they have the same record as they did last year at the 13 games, it feels like it's more of Prescott's team that's following his lead and not just Jerry Jones being the loudmouth owner of a team that has not won a Super Bowl since 1996. Well, I think Jerry Jones talked about this being the marriage of Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy as a play caller. So that then becomes your team. When the play caller starts to not ask you to do his plays, but starts to run things and call games to your benefit as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. then that does naturally become your team. We don't have an offense. We've got a Dak Prescott offense. Right. You know, there's a difference right. in that. And then so once that move is made from a play calling standpoint, once that conversation is had upstairs in the coaches' rooms, then that trickles down to the locker room of, oh, they're putting their complete faith and trust in this guy. Therefore, this is his team. And that guy has upheld his end of the bargain because Dak Prescott shows 
who he is week in and week out. He's now comfortable with the offense, playing at a high level week in and week out. And even in games where the Cowboys have lost, he has been the better quarterback on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to see how that's going to match up because you could really say the same thing about Josh Allen because in the game they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, just like Dak Prescott, Philadelphia, he was definitely the better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. He was, de- except for a couple of mistakes and not trying to excuse it, not trying to absolve him of it, those things were magnified. You throw that pick when you had everything in your favor and they're able to flip that momentum back for the Philadelphia Eagles and then Gabe Davis runs one way, you throw the pass the other way, you got to settle for a field goal and not put six points, seven points on the board on your first possession of overtime. So I understand those kind of things when it comes to that's what kind of money game this is going to be because both of these teams know that schedule is still there that can derail any kind of hope when it comes to Dallas being the NFC East champion or the Buffalo Bills getting into the playoffs. Can't wait to see exactly because these guys have shown you can throw as much pressure at us that you want. We're going to find a way to get this to our football team. But now both of these guys in essentially the same situation when it comes to erasing maybe any doubt that's still out there or really trying to put some distance between you and teams that are trying to catch you or you're trying to catch other teams when it comes to the playoff race with the Cowboys in the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills in the AFC. I think that the, the teams are the organizations are facing slightly different expectations. True. I, th- I think the Buffalo Bills fans would think it would be awesome to win a Super Bowl and make a deep playoff run. They've had some injuries on defense. We've talked about that a couple times during the show, and it's been a bit of an uneven year for them. Versus Cowboy fans, it's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. If the Cowboys do not win the Super Bowl, their fan base is going to be incredibly disappointed, particularly with this good feelings that we're talking about right now. Cowboy fans are typically a, a little standoffish and a, and a little mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not going to invest my all my emotions fully until they show me what they're going to do, and they're going to make a deep playoff run before I, I'm all in. They've given up that you know, that caution this year, and they are absolutely believing. So it's Super Bowl or bust. Otherwise, Cowboy fans, Cowboy Nation will be completely crushed at the end of this season. I would like to disagree with you as a Cowboys fan, but I can't because you're exactly <laughs> right. Because I, I've seen this and I've, 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 I've heard this song. I've read that book. I've seen that show where anytime it seems that, oh, well, we're going to finally find that holy grail. Are we going to see that light? That's been a darkness championship-less tunnel for the Dallas Cowboys since the 1990s. So believe me, sympathetic, I could not more be when it comes to exactly what you just said. There's always that yeah, but, because we've seen enough yeah, buts that last as a lifetime as a Dallas Cowboys nation, as a Cowboys fan. And believe me, there are plenty of Dallas Cowboys fans that make me want to put my eyeballs out of my head. Where I say to myself, man, I can't believe the fans are the same football team. Can you find another team, please, and leave my team alone? <laughs> Those are certain kind of fans that drive me nuts. But any fan base has that. But if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Cowboys owner, if you're a Cowboys player, Sunday is going to feel like a playoff game. After what you did against the Philadelphia Eagles, what you've been able to do since losing to the San Francisco 49ers, you only had one loss since then. This is a chance to go up there into a place where many people still believe that you can't go in there and win in December versus that team and that fan base and that building. That's why it has a money game playoff field to it and not just with the Buffalo Bills trying to find a way to move up the ladder in the AFC race in the playoffs. Yeah, I got to agree with that. This is a money game for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and I know, as I just talked about, Cowboy fans are looking at the bigger picture of it all, but, but this is that this is one of those stepping stones towards that picture. You've got to mm-hmm. prove not only to – you know, the rest of the league, but I think there's some 
some proving still needs to be done in that Cowboys locker room. Okay. Uh, that this is the kind of team we are. We can take on one of the best teams, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We can go into hostile territory and find ways to come out victorious. Jerry Jones is believing on his radio show, Cowboys owner GM on 105.3 The Fan. They say he believes that he wants to exercise the demons of not being a championship team since 1995-1996. Oh, he knows this year's different, but I really think that uh, Dak uh, playing uh, the way he's playing, the way he's playing um, uh, in coordination with uh, what Mike's wanting uh, it to be on the offensive side of the ball, uh, understanding uh, with uh, uh, maybe as a result of the uh, – time that he and Mike have spent together, but the understanding of, of just uh, the field position, the again, the complimentary football. And what a head coach that has uh, been around the, what I call a walk-around head coach that has been walking around or been around all phases of the football. They have a little different perspective when they're calling the plays on offense if they're the coordinator as well. And it's more complimentary. And I think we're getting the benefit of that. But uh, I think Dak's adaptation to what uh, Mike wanted to, uh, the direction he wanted us to go in, is big. That's all sounds well and good, Jerry Jones, but we'll be especially on Sunday. He's Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Randy in Arizona, he wants to weigh in on this about the Cowboys taking on the Bills part of Desperation Sunday in the NFL this weekend at 888-729-3776. Randy, Randy, what you got, my man? Fantastic show as always, Freddie. You, whether it's Chad or Harry, you make it radio gold, my friend. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Hey, I wanted to say that this game in Buffalo has all the markings of a Nick Saban rat poison game (laughs) because after a big win against Philly and having all the accolades, MVP deck, defense is unstoppable, offense is unstoppable, and all of a sudden you're coming in and have a little bit of a letdown if you're reading those press clippings in Dallas. And I just, uh, I'm sort of doubling down on Buffalo winning the NFC or the AFC East because Tennessee did them a favor mm-hmm. this week and nine weeks why Miami isn't going anywhere. Chris Lamar and Josh Allen. Three. Unfortunately, we lose it. Randy in Arizona's phone, but I don't know about trap game. I don't know if I would use that term. I would say it's one of those games where you say to yourself, okay, can you maintain? It's a maintained game for the Cowboys. Because they finally able to slay that demon known as Philadelphia. Many people wonder if they could actually do that, especially when they had that close call versus Seattle 10 days ago. So I don't want to say, Chad, it's a trap game. I'll say it's a maintained game if you're the Dallas Cowboys, if you want people to believe in you as much as you believe in yourself as an organization. I mean, sometimes in the NFL, the worst thing you can do is be good. And to win five games in a row as the Cowboys have – yeah, you start to believe in, in these press clippings. You start to hear about, hey, our quarterback's the MVP, and it's human nature. Mm-hmm. Human nature wants to rest. Right. Human nature wants to take the edge off. Uh, but I think <laughs> facing the Bills, knowing who the quarterback is of the Bills, knowing kind of hostile territory they're going to, I don't see this as a trap game. A trap game is you know, typically a team that's not doing well, and you don't take them seriously. That's more the situation. I think the Cowboys are going to take the Bills seriously. Yeah. Um, but – are they as centered and focused now with the possibility of a six-game winning streak mm-hmm. as, a, as they were maybe mm-hmm. only two games into that winning streak? That's a fair, legitimate question in my mind. It would have been more of a trap game had Buffalo lost to Kansas City. 
because yes. I firmly believe Buffalo lost to Kansas City. They were not making the playoffs, and then guys are playing for employment next year in 2024, the Buffalo Bills. Then, yeah, it would be characterized more as a trap game. But Buffalo believes they know they got a chance. And Tennessee Titans, they did them a favor, and there are plenty of AFC teams. They want the Cowboys to beat the Bills because the Bills keep playing like that. That may not want, that may not be a team you want to see on your side of the bracket in the AFC playoffs, whether you got the top seed and the rest or not, because we know what kind of talent the quarterback has, and now they got the new offensive coordinator. They could be a very dangerous team, no matter what kind of troubles Buffalo has gone through so far before the last couple of weeks. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable, so do yourself a favor. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All that protection for you in one place. So bundle and save at Progressive.com. Warriors forward Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. This is a culmination suspension. I'm told he wants to get help to try to keep this from happening again. You're going to cost yourself your ability to play in this league if you keep wailing on people. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Devin Cannell produce trying to pull the old okie doke on me. Nice try, Mr. St. Bonaventure. Oops. Nice try, Mr. St. Bonaventure. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. So the NBA, they suspended Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors indefinitely citing repeated history, quote, end quote. But many people wonder, was it Golden State's idea or was it the NBA's idea, not just the suspension, but the indefinite suspension? Mike Dunleavy Jr., Warriors general manager, had a chance to speak on that about whose idea was to say that Draymond Green you need to take a break. No, there is active collaboration. I reached out in the sense of, hey, we, you know, we understand there's a punishment that's going to take place, but this is also about, you know, supporting and helping somebody. And so they 100% agreed, you know, as did Draymond, his rep- representation. So we, we've all been on the same page, and um, you know, because you, you got to work together in these things, um, as league rules permit, for us to have one thing and the league to have another, and you know, crossing over and all that stuff. It, we, we all needed to be on the same page in this one. I think we are. At the end of the day, his past, you know, transgressions on the court um, will lead to, you know, harsher punishment. They've stated that. That's just the case. He's got to be aware of it. But, you know, hopefully we can get him to a point where he's still the same high-energy competitive guy. And as situations arise, um, you know, he's got to, got to find a way to regulate that. Chad, I'm going to say the same thing that I said when, the, when Draymond Green, when he put himself in those situations, severe, not as severe, whatever. I'm going to say the same thing to Mike Dunleavy during the Golden State Wars that I would said to Draymond Green if he was still playing. Talk is cheap. I've heard this before. I've heard this before about making excuses for him or saying that, man, he's learned this lesson or Draymond knows what he did is wrong. Yeah, but how many times is that going to happen for you, say, as an organization – what are we going to do about this? And how much longer will we allow this to continue? So talk is cheap as far as I'm concerned from Golden State, whether it's Mike Dunleavy Jr., whether it's Steve Kerr, whatever Steph Curry has to say, even when Draymond Green comes back and he makes a statement, talk is cheap because I've heard this before from Golden State and Draymond Green. What? what okay, this is always so tricky. What, what are, what is, what's an organization's obligation here? Okay. Are they to support the player? Because that seems what they're trying to do. Are they? Do they need to acknowledge what the player has has done? And he's and he stepped over the line clearly. Um, do they need to issue some kind of punishment, some kind of retribution for consequences, repercussions for your actions? <laughs> uh, what what needs to what needs to happen? This, this is always so tricky for me, and it can be an example of, uh, gosh, last week the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy dropped. Two right. potential passes could have been scoring plays. And then he had a catch in the end zone where he was lazy with his footwork and didn't get a second foot down. Right. Is Sean Payton supposed to bench him for the second half? What is supposed to happen when players don't do well? What's 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 your role if you're if you're mm-hmm. the head coach? If you're Steve Kerr? If you're Mike Dunleavy Jr.? What is Freddie Coleman going to do right. in this situation? How do you help your player yet still not hurt your team? Because the only role that's been defined based on what you're just saying, and I'm with you, is what Draymond Green has been. Other roles have not been defined in terms of when stuff like this happens. Who is that person that has to not confront him, but sit him down and say, dude, do you realize what the belief you're doing? That anytime you do something like this, it, whose role is that supposed to be with the organization, with the Golden State Warriors? Not talking about any organization. I'm talking about that one right now. Is it Steph's role? Is it Steve Kerr's role? Was it Bob Myers' role before he decided to leave as general manager? And that's by the ESPN NBA crew. The only role that's really been defined in all of this has been Draymond Green's role. 
He has completely been the star of that role each and every time that something happens. He gets out of sorts. He either apologizes or he's a little contrite, but he always says, I can't be the other way because that's not how I've been able to be a quote-unquote star of this organization and also being able to be that essential player in this league for the Golden State Warriors. So what happens when that effectiveness is not going to be there and let's say he runs off the road again? What role is someone going to take to say either that's enough or Draymond, you know better, because the only role that's been defined is Draymond Green being Draymond Green. Yes, and that has worked for Draymond Green. He's got a four-year, $100 million deal. Absolutely. He, he is – He's part of the leadership council. So it's like, oh, let's get the team leaders together and go talk to Draymond. Well, he's part of that group. <laughs> so in some ways, he's been enabled and propped up in, in, into this. Yes. And, again, I think he would argue to his last breath that the very same things that have gotten him suspended mm-hmm. are also the very same things that enabled him to help the Warriors to championships. And I, just, just for the listeners, I'm not in support of this ridiculousness that Draymond Green does. But I'm just trying to illustrate some of the difficulties from an organizational standpoint. What do you do? Because you've tried, you've bent over to this guy in the right. past and trying to make him feel like he's part of the team, trying to make him feel like he's got a role, trying to make him feel like he's essential to what we do, to, in, in efforts to get him to look in the mirror and see how his actions could hurt the team. But in reality, the things that the Golden State Warriors have done have only further enabled him and made him double down on these things. And even when you look at Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr has had no problem mm-hmm. speaking out publicly about very, very controversial subjects and topics and has been very clear and demonstrative about his angle, his approach, his his perspective on these things. Well, what has he really talked about very clearly and harshly is Draymond Green. So even the head coach who is as fearless as any head coach in the NBA about talking about difficult things does not talk about this player in that way because they want to bend over and backwards and support this guy in efforts to get him to turn around. But now that that has fallen flat, right. what are they supposed to do now? Well, whenever the indefinite suspension is over, whatever that time frame is, what could it look like when Draymond Green rejoins the Golden State Warriors? We have Richard Jefferson, who played in the NBA from 2001 through 2018, won an NBA championship as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016 that took down the Golden State Warriors team that was 73-9 and nine in the regular season. He talked about the welcoming back when it comes to Draymond from his team, when and if that happens. To me, that's not even a question, right? Like, he's your leader. He helps you win games. When he's on the court, he helps everyone get paid. Like, there is no there is no how do we receive him. No, he's the, okay. he is the locker room. He's a leader in the locker room. And he's been, honestly, he's been a leader since his rookie year. Not in the same capacity, but he has been a voice in the locker room. He's been an emotional leader in the locker room mm-hmm. <laughs> since he came into the league. Right. And so, you know, when I look at that, when I look at him, right, when I look at him, I'm just like, I'm like, Draymond has to do a better job. This is the biggest issue with this situation moving forward. He has zero room for error. No error, because right now nobody cares about any kind of explanation, Chad, and not so much in Draymond Green, but especially from the enablers that have been the Golden State Warriors because of what he has represented from a leadership standpoint and a production standpoint throughout his NBA career with Golden State. Yeah, I, I'm just as, – as the show has gone on, I'm just seeing this from a, a number of different angles. Okay. The, the NBA fan in me is like, this is ridiculous. Something needs to happen with this dude. If I'm an NBA player on another team, 
I recognize while I would probably like that guy on my team for the most part, mm-hmm. I hate playing against that guy. And when we play against the Warriors, I know I've got to deal with that guy, and that gives the Warriors better, a better chance for success. I also see it from Steve Kerr's standpoint. Right. Hey, I've got an obligation not just to him but to the rest of his team and make sure we find ways to win. And organizationally, do I want to incur the wrath of the NBA Players Association and do something rash and suspend him before the NBA does their thing? I don't want to do that. That puts us in a bad spot with those guys. That's the most powerful player organization in all of professional sports. So I see a lot of this, but in the end, clearly his behavior has to change. The question becomes, how do we do that? How do we accomplish that? And from a Warrior standpoint, how do we do that without disrupting the rest of our team while we try to get our season going? In other words, same, stay tuned. <laughs> same Draymond situation, same Draymond channel whenever he comes back after that indefinite suspension is over regarding Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Always, always thankful that you're hanging out with us here on Freddie and Harry. And now it's time for you to weigh in at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776, because it's about bringing the past into the present. What was your first car? We're going to let you know ours. Chad, Freddie, Shannon Penn, Devin Kane, our producers. You can be like Willie G. Ramirez with me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, saying, I had a candy apple red Volkswagen bug with the gold NK rims, Craco stereo with a house speaker in the back where I pulled the back seat out and hot glued black velvet material everywhere to match the <laughs> fake sheepskins. Cruising the Vegas Strip thinking I was fly in 1986. That's when you can get up and down the strip in about 15 minutes. That's what we're looking for. What was your first car? Let us know the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. We'll share ours. You share yours next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Candy. Coming up Friday, I'll tell you why Dak has a chance to cement his MVP case against the Bills. It's unsportsmanlike 6 a.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Michael in Houston. Y'all have allowed me to call a talk show again for the first time in 20 years, and I'm going to give you three reasons why. Number one, y'all have no gimmick. Y'all not yelling at people. The other thing is, you two together is really great. The third thing and the most important, y'all know we fans, but y'all never disrespect not one caller. That is a commendable, fellas. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us in the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. So before we get to your first car experiences and our first car experiences, we'll take your calls at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But we got to get Unique in New Jersey on. He wants to speak on the defense of Draymond Green. Mr. Unique, what you got, my friend? My man, Freddie, how you doing, brother? How you been? I'm good, I'm good. I've been good, my man. How about you? I'm all right, man. I'm not doing no complainers, no, none at all. Listen, I'm I'm looking at it like this, man. You know, you know, just just hold, follow, follow me for a second. Okay. We got Draymond Green, okay, brother from Saginaw, Michigan. Pretty rough spot to come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Draymond Green goes on to Michigan State. He wasn't no McDonald's All American, nothing like that. What's the, what's Crybaby, the, the coach out there? Uh, uh, Crybaby, I forgot. What's, what's their head coach out there? Steve Kerr? Oh, 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 you mean Tim, Tom Izzo? Tom Izzo. Yeah, Izzo, Izzo, okay. So Izzo says, you know, 
one of his favorite players of all time was who? Draymond Green. Draymond Green. No doubt. What do he say about him? He's a hard worker. And that's what Draymond Green represented, a hard worker. So he goes on to go to state. Hey, Freddie, without a doubt, they win no championships without Draymond Green. I don't disagree with that. That doesn't mean we can't call him on the carpet for a lot of things he's done. You can't just be stepping on human beings just because you feel like it, like what happened with DeMontis Sabonis last year in the players versus Sacramento. You can't just grab Rudy Gobert a situation and grab him by the neck to pull him out of a situation, although I thought it was extremely humorous that not one teammate came to defend Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns got ready to say, ah, I'm good. <laughs> Rudy needs your help. Mm-hmm, I'm sure he does. Not a lot of guys came to defense. And then what happened on Tuesday? So you can be a hard worker. You can be a guy that's an essential part of the championship. And to his point, that three horsemen that became a four horseman at times with Kevin Durant, I'm still thinking, Chad, that if Draymond Green wasn't around when Kevin Durant was there, they would have found a way to win a couple of championships with him, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Maybe that's me. Yeah, I think the formula may have been different, but because of the talent, particularly of Steph, they would have still found ways to, to get it done. But I think to Unique's point, that's a fair point. But two things can be true at once. Mm-hmm. Do they win those championships without Draymond? Maybe, but probably not. But it has the behavior gone to a point where you can't just point to that and make everything okay. Exactly. Right. And, and that's the situation where we are right now. Yes, the championships were great. But now we've got to get to – we are officially at a point where that's no longer an easy, inconvenient thing to point to and say, well, look what I did. Yes, but look at what you just did last night, man. I know what you did a couple of years ago for us. That was awesome. But look at what you did last night. And that's – you crossed the line way too many times. We'll see what Draymond Green says because at a certain point, I'm sure he's going to say something once he's had a chance to have more than 48 hours, whenever he's going to say something. That'll be a very interesting conversation about an indefinite suspension that was handed down by the NBA against Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Meanwhile, we go back into the past to bring it to the present. We want to know what was your first car. Can't wait to hear what you have to say at 888-729-3776. In case you missed it, we kicked off the show with this at 3 o'clock Eastern time, noon on the West Coast, where everybody had a chance to speak on what was their first car. The guy that started this is one of our producers, Devin Kane. It just became organic, and now you want to weigh and we'll let you get a chance to do that. So, Devin, what was your first car? Either you purchased, given to you, whatever that was. It was given to me. Uh, I think it was like a early nine or late nineties mm-hmm. or early two thousands Buick mm-hmm. LeSabre. Man, old old school there. Almost. Put the new radio in it. Now, it, now was it? A, now was it a cassette CD or just no? A radio it was period? one of those like new newer radios that like flashing lights inside. Yes, it looked out of place in the in the LeSabre. <laughs> Maybe worth more than the LeSabre. <laughs> as far as that goes. Right. <laughs> Shannon Penn, what was the first car you had? 88 Chevy Nova. Wow. Why are you laughing, Dev? <laughs> Love that. It was the hatchback. 88 Chevy Nova. It was a small, uh-huh. like $5 in gas, fill you up. Yeah. What color was it? That's what I wanted. It know. was like it was gray. It looked like a, a Tesla Cybertruck or that's what it, <laughs> that's what it looked like. That's good. Oh, that's the comparison he pulled out. Oh, I love it, Shannon. I ain't hating on that comparison. <laughs> Nick Cardi, what was your first car that you ever owned? Uh, mine was a 2008 Ford Escape I had in high school, and I mean, you guys wouldn't really get it, but Devwood is the amount of money I spent on aux cords. 
Well, there's no auxiliary cords are. Yeah, yes. but like it was more Wait, of a... Wait, did he just say you guys wouldn't wow. know what an auxiliary yes. cord you rest, No, you realize wow. that. That's what he Nick. said. Wow, Nick. Nick, you, Nick wow. you realize the word auxiliary and cords together have been around long before you came you on planet Earth. Yeah. No, but I just mean it was more... They didn't have it in your... Whatever car you had back there, I don't even know. The cyber truck you said. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, <laughs> wow tremendous. Good now, burn, Back by then, the way. we had the radios that used to pop out so you wouldn't get them stolen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you have oh, an 8 yeah. track? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, he, he didn't have an 8 track. I had, a cassette, young I had a cassette player, though. Yeah, everybody had a cassette player Freddy when they were young. I had an 8 track. I had the 8 track. I'll get to mine in a minute. But what was the first car you owned, Chad? Uh, I did not have a car. I had a Honda Elite scooter, 1985 <laughs> Honda Elite 150. Uh, rolled that thing all over the greater Southern California area. But the issue was it, it was red. It was a red Honda Elite scooter, bright, mm. shiny red. Man. And to get from my high school, John Muir High School, up to my parents' house to get home every day, yeah. I had to ride through Crip Territory. Oh, man. Yeah, what's up with that red scooter, cuz? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, man, let me get out of here. <laughs> so every day, it was about 10 minutes of my commute either way where I was on my P's and Q's and trying to get out of there as quickly as I possibly could. So, yeah, that was my first motorized vehicle. Did you ever think of painting it blue just so the Crips would leave you alone? Well, because I also had to ride through blood territory, too. Okay, then you were, you were screwed either way. Yeah, so there was no win either way. I thought about painting one half, one side red, one side blue. Either way, you'd have gotten the cuz treatment. Right. And the cuz treatment would not have been good either way. No way, man. <laughs> that's tremendous. That's why That's why Chad was so fast in the 40 time of the combine, because what he had to go through in high school. I had to, I had to make it through a, a, a gauntlet just to get home every day. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't have to say, like, for the movie, Ricky! Right. They didn't have to say, Chad! <laughs> they had to say anything like that. If you don't know what that is, just Google, and you're welcome as far as that goes. My first car that I ever had. A 1975 burnt orange AMC Hornet. AMC stood for American Motor Corporation. Believe me, they were just a corporation. They had no idea about motors as far as that goes. Was your fedora game strong back then? I wasn't wearing fedoras then. Okay. No, I, I had the high top. I, had the, I didn't have the kid and play. But I had like the, the high top fade. I wasn't putting the hat on that. Can mm-hmm. anybody imagine Freddie with hair? Because I personally cannot. There's still pictures Charles around. Coleman. By the way, th- what was that, Shannon? <laughs> what was that? Was it Charles Coleman? Charles Coleman, yeah, that was a whole other story. There's pictures of me where I had dreadlocks for a summer. I had like extensions. Oh. Yeah, when I worked in 1983. We're going to need to see those. I don't know where they are. I, my next-door neighbor owned the air-conditioned refrigeration company, and a couple of guys that worked for him, one was Jamaican, the other was from Grenada. So one long night of Hennessy. <laughs> on the Friday night after we finished work, Freddie, <clears throat> you look pretty good with some extensions. I'm thinking, hey, Frankie, I don't think that's a good idea. Eight hours later, I had extensions in my hair. Mm. The whole thing. That My mom did not speak to me for a whole summer. A whole, so then you, you cut it out after the summer. Yeah, I was playing football at the time, so I knew Coach Tom Elsasser, God rest his soul, was not going to let that fly. When I went back to football camp. Are there any pictures, Freddie? Are there any pictures? There are somewhere, but I can't find them because people that took them live in Brooklyn because my mom was not allowing those pictures to be taken in her house. That was not about to happen. I did two years of dreads. I was in a big-time Bob Marley phase. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) About midway through my career in Seattle. So I did two years of dreads. Right. uh, Mm -hmm. Um you know, it's it's a it's a trying time <laughs> yes. to, to kind of get over the, the ego and vanity when your dreads aren't quite dreading up at first. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. And then I got sick of my head being wet all the time because all that sweat and all that water and all that shower and yeah. all that moisture in Seattle, I couldn't keep them things dry. I got yeah. sick of that after two years. I got sick of the cold shoulder from Maddie Coleman. Ah, uh-huh. I could have done with the other stuff. 
Mama Coleman, that was just too much for me to take. I my dad was not very happy with my dreadlocked look yeah. either. Yeah. I don't think yes. my dad was thrilled, but he wasn't as P.O.'d as my mother. <laughs> Marsha Brown's an understanding woman. Jim Brown, he, he was just disappointed. Son, no, what is that on your head? No doubt about <laughs> it. So it's your turn to weigh in at Triple A say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What was your first car? 888-729-3776. And in other news, if you want to play pickleball in your house for Christmas, you can actually do that. He's Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. This is Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Hey, it's going to be a busy Friday with Greeny and the Hashtag Crew as we look back on the Raiders and the Chargers and ahead to an outstanding NFL Week 15 schedule, plus all the latest reaction on Draymond Green. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Freddie and Harry. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. By the way, Shannon Penn and Devin Kane and Chad Brown are getting their kick out of me sending him a picture of me with actual <laughs> hair. I think it just set the whole, just whole show. It. You just got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> He's Chad Brown here for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on Sirius Exit Channel 80 and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I'm getting a kick out of your reactions between Shannon, between Devin, between Nick, and between Chad because I've been bald. I've shaved my head bald since 1996. That's all they see me. So Shannon was like, well, if we don't see it, it didn't exist. So I sent them a picture from way back in the day. This is back in college. I sent you this picture. That's 19, circa 1985 at Mansfield University of Pennsylvania. And Shannon is just weak just seeing these pictures right now. Just it's funny. Weak. like It's like I've always imagined you bald. Because uh, it, it, you only see me that way. It's like Morgan Freeman. Like He's been old my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> sad and savage at the same time. So a little back to the future here. We want to know from you what was your first car, whether you had hair or not, at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Wait, Janet can get a break on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Johnny in California, what was your first car, my friend? Hey, hey, Freddie. Hey. Nice to hear from you, Chad. Nice to, nice to hear from you uh, hey, down John. here on the West Coast. I got a quick story. It's from... My dad, um, he had a 1967 Chrysler Newport. Wow. Two-door. Okay. AM radio. Okay. And he gave it to me right after I graduated high school in 1983. I lived in Inglewood, California. He gave it to me. I drove it. I raced a guy in a a Trans Am in it. He didn't think I had power. I had a 383 engine in that thing. Blew up, blew the doors off his car. And then the the sad thing that happened was I parked it in a parking lot. I mean, in the, yeah, in the parking lot at, at Morningside High, and it got towed. Oh. And my dad never forgave me for that car. <laughs> so, so every holiday, he would say, yeah, you know, I like cars, but remember, Johnny, remember that Newport? Remember that Newport? <laughs> <laughs> Dad's never letting him forget it. Poor thing as far as that goes. Kevin Winter, our sports and anchor, wants to weigh in in terms of what was your first car? I'm dreading to hear this story right now. 86 Buick Regal. Two-door, okay. rear-wheel drive, right. parents had two cars, dad also had a state truck. So when I turn 16 and a half, I get the car. Okay. Mom has the minivan to drive everyone around, but I get, I get the 86 Buick Regal, really? two-door, blue, Okay. nice, easy steering column oh, where I yeah. can steer with yep. one oh, finger. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, uh, man. You pack about 18 dudes in that car on a, on a, on a weekend <laughs> for, for, um, for, for you know, traveling back and forth sure. to, to parties. Sure. Uh-huh. That car was an absolute tank. I rear wheel driving going up the hill to Mount St. Charles Academy in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. The, it, it is two hills. Okay. I am fishtailing like a son of a gun because if I stop, we're not making it to school. And I had to do, I've got four kids in the car that I'm responsible for, and I've got to try to get us to the parking lot. And I'm fishtailing by everyone. That's the, nice. first, that's the first time in your life that anybody would say, yeah, let's put our kids in the hands of Kevin Winter. He's Kevin's responsible. responsible. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine you fishtailing all over the place. As long as I've known you, I can imagine that. Big Al in Sacramento, what was the first car you ever had, my friend? Oh, man, we're on a roll here. I had my daddy's, my first car. Daddy passed me down a 67, bought in 66, but the 67 model of a Pontiac Catalina 389 four-barrel. And that baby flew. I had seven miles to go to to school. I don't recommend this, kids. Surface streets. I could make the run in less than 15 minutes. I was flying. Flying. Now, I don't recommend that to anybody, but times were different back then. Yes, they were. (laughs) That's a beautiful car. I'm looking at the pictures right now of it. That's a fantastic car. I would love to roll one of those today. That is yeah. beautiful. One of my uncles on my dad's side, he had a 68 Pontiac Catalina. And anytime he would come to our house, man, the neighborhood would just stop and watch. It was like brown, had like that kind of deep brown color to it and everything. It was a fantastic car. Unbelievable, unbelievable vehicle. If you did not get through on the phone, you can always do that at, on on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at also Chad Brown 94. One more quick one. John in South Carolina. What was your first car, my friend? Well, I got to tell you, it's as old as those guys' car, but I didn't have the money they did. I had a 68 Triumph, which was a little orange two-seater mm-hmm. that, you know, it was like a go-kart on wheels. <laughs> you had an ignition. 
Yeah, man, you had a missing switch, uh, pull choke, uh, rod, light switch, wipers, and uh, the speedometer, and that's it. See, for those who don't know, like Nick Cardi, you made the Google a choker is just because. I know you don't have any idea what that is. I should put choker into Google? No, just look up car and then choker, meathead. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good Lord. We always do this each and every night. We always make sure you're updated on things that are going on. They could be from the past. They could be from the present. They could be sports or not, but there's also... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. We know that pickleball is sweeping the nation. But now you can play pickleball indoors. Because Buffalo Games has a tabletop pickleball paddleball game for only $19.99. What? At Target. Because where else would that be? I saw it on social media today, and I thought, that thing is awesome. When I, If I was 15 or 16, I'd be all about that. Mom, please, for Christmas, hook me up with the tabletop pickle, pickleball, please. I guarantee you there are plenty of offices buying that as we speak, which means that production is going to clearly go down in 2024 when everybody <laughs> buying that tabletop pickleball game. Chad, always a pleasure, my brother. Have a great weekend, okay? Awesome stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah, Amber and Ian comes your way next with Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry on the Mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless and keep cool. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.